This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What up, y'all? We are back with more of the DNVR Rams podcast. I am Justin Michael, and we are continuing with part two of our NCAA football roster. This was a segment inspired by the return of the NCAA football video game. In the past, I have done an all-time roster that's just all the CSU greats, like going all the way back to the 40s and 50s. Didn't want to get too repetitive, so I figured I would shake it up this time around. And we went with a more modern approach. The parameters are these players had to play for CSU at some point uh, from 2010 on. Their careers could have started before that point, but if it ended prior, then they were not eligible. So, for example, guys like Kyle Bell, uh, Corey Sperry, some of my all-time favorite Rams, Gartrell Johnson, they're not going to be on this team because it's 2010 on. I'm sure there will still be people in my mentions calling me an idiot for forgetting some dude that graduated in 2007, despite the fact that I've explained this very clearly. But that's just the internet in a nutshell, I suppose. You win some, you lose some. Anyways, if you missed part one of this, go back and check it out. We went through the offense. Guys like Capri Bibbs, Ty Sambrilo, it was a ton of fun. I explained why I left certain guys off, despite the fact that they had the talent to make the team. That'll definitely be the case defensively as well. Some of this is quite subjective, and I understand that I'm not going to be able to appease everybody, but it's a fun off-season topic idea, and frankly, it's really not that serious. So if you're getting in your feelings about it, I don't know, take a deep breath. Definitely not worth raising your blood pressure over. Before we start with the defensive guys, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays has the most insane protection on all of eyewear, so every single pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a new one. No questions asked. There is no hassle. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. They have your back long after you purchase. You can check out the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall. It's a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Can't go wrong with Shady Rays. You also can't go wrong with Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of all city and DNVR. We love our Pins and Aces gear. We get tons of compliments on and off the course. Their family-owned golf and apparel business based right here in Colorado. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even our favorite beer sleeve. If you've been looking for an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag, well, Pins and Aces has got you covered. Check out PinsandAces.com. Use the code DNVR to get 15% off your first order. Get free shipping as well. That is PinsandAces.com. Cool, cool, cool. We started with the big boys in the trenches for the offensive line. Tried to get those guys a little bit of glory. 
And for the defensive slash special teams portion of this pod, we're going to start with the specialists because you want to know what? Punters are people too, especially at CSU where we have had just so many studs come through the program over the years. I ultimately went with Ryan Stonehouse. One, because, I mean, this is a video game. We want to see the flow. It, It sticks out the helmet. It's awesome. He has some personality. You love that in a punter. He has all the accolades, the booming leg, anything you could look for. But we wanted to make sure that he was rightfully recognized on this squad. Obviously, for whatever reason, never won the Ray Guy Award, despite being one of the greatest punters in NCAA history. Just because their voters don't pay attention, though, does not mean that we don't. We apparently pay more attention than them and the NFL scouts and executives uh, who drafted four punters and not one of them was Stonehouse. Morons. He's an absolute weapon. His ability to flip the field is huge. And frankly, I've just never heard a ball come off a foot and sound the way that it did uh, when it came off of Stonehouse's. It was it was something else, especially in an empty stadium for his pro day. I will say that Stonehouse was so exciting that I think people forget just how good Hayden Hunt was in terms of accuracy and the ability to, to really drop the ball in the corner. Still the most accurate punter that I've ever seen. Still completely baffles me that he's not starting in the NFL right now. Make it make sense, guys. Make it make sense. I have especially witnessed some poor punting as a Broncos fan over the years, and I promise you Hayden would have been much more effective than any of these bums that we have, we've rolled out there. Uh, moving on, kicker, a little bit tougher. I think you could make an argument for Caden Camper statistically. Um, I went with Jared Roberts, who actually was only 12 of 20 his senior year, which was a little surprising to me, was 57 of 58 on point after uh, touchdowns. But I just felt like he was the most clutch kicker we had. The 52-yard field goal in the fourth to seal the victory over CU. um, Also hit a game winner of 46 yards against Utah State on homecoming that season. Had a 53-yarder against San Jose State. He was just really solid, especially on those 50-plus yard attempts, and I think that's something that we've been missing since him. Hopefully Jordan Noyes, the Utah transfer, will be able to bring some stability there for the Rams in 2023. Keeping it moving, long snapper. Yeah, I'm going to throw a long snapper out there. Why not? We're going with Trent Siege. Why? Because he has been a multi-NFL year starter, and I'll be honest, I didn't know Trent Siege's name while he was at CSU. That was when I was working for the team, but before I was writing about the team and long snappers were just not very high on my uh, priority list in terms of guys that I wanted to watch, but he's had a great career and we're going to, we're going to give him the recognition and respect that he deserves clearly at kick returner. I decided to add returners on here briefly because I wanted to uh, cheat and be able to add more receivers. Uh, I kept Preston Williams off if you listen to the offensive part and that was just a personal preference but at kick returner we are going with the man the myth the legend Joe Hansley him housing that kick against the Buffs in 2013 I believe is one of my favorite RMS memories despite how that game ended up playing out Joe is a guy who was Really crafty as a receiver, really gifted route runner, solid hands, but definitely made a name for himself on special teams. Arguably won the Fresno State game. Him and Izzy Matthews, I guess, had a big game as well, but with his three big returns back in 2015. Honestly, Hansley could be the punt returner too, 
but I want to get more guys on there. So we're going BC Johnson, baby. BC was a guy who I felt like never would fair catch and just got murdered occasionally, but he was really confident back there and you love that good athlete. And you're able to trust him to make the right decision, which is always big with the guys returning punts, uh, you know, can really cost you a game. All right, now that we've got special teams covered, we got some of those guys, some much-deserved love and attention. We are going to move on. I struggled with what format to do because I really like this Freddie Banks 4-2-5 defense. Historically, though, they've been a more of a 3-4-4-3, and there are a lot of linebackers that I would like to include. So I ended up going three backers, four defensive linemen. Um, you could throw out like a hybrid defensive position if you wanted. Uh, I just figured that makes it too complicated. Uh, So starting at the edge slash defensive end positions, we've got Shaq Barrett. He played in 38 games at CSU, 33 of which were starts, the 2013 Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year after finishing with uh, 20 and a half tackles for loss and 12 sacks. Shaq, even while he was at CSU, was a guy who was constantly overlooked because they felt like he wasn't big and strong enough. They thought he was too chubby, this, that. But when the lights were on, that dude was a gamer. And obviously the Washington State Bull win is the easiest example where he basically just willed his way into forcing back-to-back fumbles, the first of which they ruled, you know, the runner was down, so he just, screw it, I'll do it again. Still one of the biggest I'm him moments I've ever seen from a college football player. But when the lights were brightest, that was when Shaq came alive. I think him playing well at Alabama was really huge for him in that 2013 season. He was just huge in non-conference play in general. Against UTEP, he had 13 total tackles and forced two fumbles. Then uh, when they barely beat Cal Poly, he had two blocked field goals in it. So just a guy that consistently made plays when the Rams needed it most. And I think... You know, that's a that's a great attribute to have if you're going to be on the all-time team. You're a playmaker, and you've got a relentless motor. And I've talked a lot about Shaq over the last uh, couple of weeks, obviously, with the tragic situation. So I do want to add, uh, you know, still praying for the Barrett family. My heart goes out to them. But with it being such a heavy time, I did enjoy just kind of being able to look back at that that great time when he was at CSU and just kind of escape that by, you know, going down memory road a little bit. Easily one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, The other edge position, I struggled. I think there's a couple of decent options. Uh, Scott Patchen, defensive end, had a really good year. But I I think you got to go Mo Kamara. That's how special I think he is as a pass rusher. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. And just the thought of having to protect against Shaq Barrett coming on one side and Mo Kamara coming down the other Like, how are you supposed to deal with that? You can't block them both, or you can't double them both, I should say. And just no matter what side you drift as a quarterback, you're going to have a heat-seeking missile breathing down your neck. God, I'd love to be able to see those two play together. Um, At the interior, I went with Toby McBride and Manny Jones. Probably some recency bias there if we're being completely real. But Toby had to be on this team, much like Trey, just because of what he represented with CSU. It was far greater than his accomplishments on the field. And and that's not a shot at him by any means, because on the field, he was obviously a freaking beast too. But if you've got Mo and you've got Shaq coming off the edge, you need some guys who can eat up those guards in the interior. I think having Manny Jones and Toby on the interior with those guys on the outside 
that's just a lethal combination. It brings you some versatility, guys that can move around a little bit, go inside and outside. And although you maybe don't have a true three technique, you know, old school defensive tackle, 300 plus pounds, you make up for it with the speed you have at edge and the speed you have at linebacker, which starts with Michael Sisson. Sisson is a guy who it feels like has somewhat been forgotten about just in terms of how athletic he was. And a part of that is because he only played in five games his senior year after breaking his ankle. But even in those five games, he had 28 tackles, 13 solo, three and a half behind the line of scrimmage, one and a half sacks, one pass breakup, one pick, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. He was just one of those guys that was always flying all over the field, always making the big tackle for loss, the big sack on fourth down when you needed it most. And you know, the funny thing is, I feel like he was a guy that was kind of ahead of his era. He was a little bit undersized at 5'11", 207 pounds back then, but he just had so much speed. And I think in a 4'25 under Freddie Banks, he would really thrive. But Sisson was a guy that unfortunately did not get to experience a ton of team success. Uh, 2009 had 91 tackles as a sophomore. As a junior in 2010, he had 95 tackles again. Just a really talented guy that I enjoyed watching back in the day. I wish he could have played on some of those teams a couple years after and experienced some of the success that came afterwards. You know, I've I've gotten into it a little bit before, but they didn't have the team success under Fairchild, but he found some talented guys. And a lot of the talented players that McElwain ultimately won with, those were Fairchild recruits. It wasn't like 2023 where you completely flip your roster in one or two cycles. Fairchild could identify talent. There's no doubt about that. I just don't think he related to his team super well. Anyways, keeping it rolling at linebacker, we're going to go with Aaron Davis, who in 2014 as a senior started 13 games, recorded 118 tackles, and was just really solid. But honestly, he was pretty solid his entire career. He had 120 tackles as a junior, 84 tackles as a sophomore, And he was just able to cover a lot of ground, which is something that you need when you have a little bit smaller defensive line. And finally, getting a little bit more size into the mix, we're going to go with the other Davis, Kevin Davis, 6'2", 240-pound backer. As a senior in 2016, he had 110 tackles. He had 101 as a junior. I thought about giving this spot to Daquan Jackson. I thought about giving this spot to Josh Watson. But... KD was just a guy that I felt very quietly played the position really well. I loved his versatility. I think he covered a lot of ground. He could lay the wood. And it seemed like he was a guy that always performed really big in rivalry games. I remember he had 19 tackles against CU in 2016, which is just crazy. Later on that year, had 10 tackles against Wyoming in the border war. So when the lights were brightest, when the games mattered most, he was definitely a guy that turned it up a notch. And I just think that if I had Sisson and Aaron Davis on the outside with him in the middle behind that defensive line, I've got a really good mix of athleticism, of uh, speed, and then vision and pursuit as well. There are some guys who statistically maybe kind of racked up the stats during their collegiate careers, but if you go back and you watch some of those closely, they also gave up a lot of big plays in pursuit of individual glory. And that's always a fine line, I suppose, when it comes to linebackers. 
All right, I'm going to wrap up with the secondary here, but Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. If some of the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Right now, you could pick up a straw hat and Aloha shirt, perfect way to stay cool out in the sun at Coors Field. Uh, Foco has hooked up our set decorations. They always have our back for Colorado sports, and they're going to have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description, or for all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. Also, get 140-plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news with Fubo TV. It's the best way to stream live TV from any device. You can watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price, and you can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. Included with Fubo TV is 1,000 hours of cloud DVR at no extra charge. And again, it's just the best way to be able to keep up with teams when you're on the go. Watch the Nuggets playoff run on ABC with Fubo TV. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Cool, cool, cool. So I'm going to start with safeties and we're going to start with Jack Howell. And I understand that this secondary is going to be really modern. I think some folks will definitely argue recency bias here. But I genuinely do feel like some of the most talented and skilled defensive backs that have played for CSU in the 21st century, at least, are on the team right now. Howell is a tackling machine. He is the heartbeat of the defense. He is one of the leaders in the locker room but he's also just incredibly versatile. He's great in pass coverage. He can come up and play near the line of scrimmage. He's a dog, despite the fact that he's not huge. Jack Howell is everything that you want your modern safety to be, and then some. And frankly, as much as I liked some of the other safeties that have come through the program in the past, you know, Trent Matthews, Kevin Pierre-Louis, that was a really fun tandem. They could really lay the wood. They were also kind of liabilities in pass coverage at times, and I don't feel that way about Jack Howell and Henry Blackburn, Aiden Hector, you can put in that conversation as well, even though he's more of the the nickel at this point. But I went with Howell and Blackburn, one, just because of the talent that they have, the versatility that they bring, and how well they pair together. But two, I just, I like the way that they play the game. I like that they're Colorado kids. I like that they represent CSU and that turning this program around means something to them. And honestly, I thought Henry's performance against Wyoming last year, even in a losing effort, was one of the more admirable things I've ever seen from a Ram. That dude was just laying the wood. I mean, my my guy Cody Tucker from 7220 Sports could not stop talking about it. I just love the way he plays the game. And I think paired next to Howell is just the perfect fit. It allows Blackburn to be kind of a heat-seeking missile, uh, come up and provide some run support at times be a guy that is the enforcer in the middle of the field at other times. I'm a big Blackburn guy. I'm a big Blackburn fan. I'm a big Jack Howell fan, and I'm excited to see what the Bash Bros have in store for us this season. Uh, At corner, I went with Bernard Blake for my cornerback one. He and DeAndre Elliott had a really nice stretch, and I think you could make an argument that Elliott should be the cornerback two, especially based on him getting a shot with the Seahawks. I actually went with Chigoze and Newsium, though, and, uh, you know, you could argue recency bias. I get it. But I think in man situations, uh, Newsium is as impressive as any corner that's come through the team in the last decade. He's a sure tackler. And I just really like the way he plays the game. So 
that's my starting defense. That's my CSU football team post-2010. I probably will create this exact roster at some point on there. Hopefully this was a fun piece of off-season content for you guys and you didn't sit here the whole time just shaking your head like, this guy's a moron. How do you leave so-and-so off? But we'll be back with more content throughout the week. We'll be talking recruiting news as that comes up throughout May and June. That 2024 class should start coming together over the next month or so. We'll obviously all be keeping our eyes on the Isaiah Stevens situation, still waiting on his official decision. He has until May 31st, so about a week and a half remaining on that. Hoping he doesn't go all the way to the deadline, but I guess we shall see. Um, Hope everybody is enjoying the sunshine. Finally dried up a little bit. Much love, y'all. Peace. What would you say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that there ever was? Eh. What would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them to number one? Eh. What would you say if I told you a nobody in the Brock and Buzz sold out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy. Probably never make it. Were you listening to that right now? I said we on that.